0: According to Ephesians chapter 6, the choice of weapon for the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you and on the inside of me is the Word of God. Hello, I'm Pastor Gray, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church of Longview. In just a moment, you're getting ready to go into the service here at Emmanuel, and guess what we use to give the Spirit to work in our lives? The Word of God. I trust that the sermon you're about to hear, that God's Spirit will use it as His sword And according to Hebrews, that it will get down into us and it'll start working in us, dividing asunder and will do his perfect work. May the Lord bless you as you listen to the truth of God's word. And uh, we have a good 40 minutes to teach the word of God. And I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Romans chapter number 13. We are going verse by verse in Romans chapter 14. And don't let that scare you. Uh, because Romans chapter 14 to me, I've been wanting to teach this chapter. Uh, I've taken a break from family dynamics because our church is very diverse. And a church that starts winning souls and a church that starts working with people. There are going to be people sitting in your section. Ms. Caps invited me to come sit in their section this coming Sunday because she said our section is the happy section. Uh, and, uh, and I said, how can this be with Don Thomas there? I, so this section is the hat. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And, uh, but, but, but you are going to be surrounded by people. Hmm? Somebody gave him laughing gas. And you're going to be surrounded by people that a church is based on this, this, this one fact. Listen to this. Nobody's better than anybody else. This is church. This is church. And I have preached in churches. I've never been a part of a church, about what I'm going to tell you. But I have preached in churches to where people literally thought they owned the pew they sat on. The the, the biggest test of your spirituality is when somebody takes your seat. Mm, mm. Mmm. Mmm. Is that not the truth? Is that not the truth? And at that point, it's like, and somebody said the other day, Pastor, nobody ever takes your seat. And, uh, and I said, well, what's that got to do with it? Just don't sit in my chair. So understand that the greatest test here is when somebody takes your seat, when somebody takes your parking spot. And it's like, <laughs> Adam Freed's like, don't they know this is, this is mine? If you all see a placeholder with his picture on it, run it over. So so, so so, what you don't want is you don't want somebody walking in and all of a sudden thinking they're on trial for where they're at spiritually, but it is easy for us to play favoritism. It is easy for us to discriminate. It is easy for us to play the game that, you know, I'm much better than you are. Have you ever seen anybody at church in the parking lot or in church or in the pew sitting in front of you that all of a sudden their kids started acting up or And you thought to yourself, "Mm, I wish that person would learn how to parent. I have mastered the art of parenting. And uh, come on, y'all. And so there is this this fear that when people come to church, that all of a sudden, what's it going to be like? Am I going to be judged? Romans chapter 13, and if you'll back up to verse number 8, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Then verse number 9 starts going through the law. Thou shalt not commit adultery, kill, not kill, I'm sorry, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, not covet. If there be any other commandment, then he brings into it what he said in the Gospels. It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So we find here then that in verse number 14, there is this, there's this connect between us loving our neighbor and then how we walk. Let us walk honestly, verse 13, as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Now, what you find here in this verse, and these are big time words. And let me just stop and say this. I praise the Lord that, that God used big time words that does not destroy the innocence of our children. It just simply helps them understand, I don't know what that word is, but I got to stay away from that word. And what happens is the older they get and the more they experience life, that's when the Bible fits with their stage. But if you'll notice the correlation, that all of a sudden you have this love each other. This is when you're unselfish to the people around you. Verse number 13, verse number 13 is all about selfishness. Verse 13 is all about rioting. This is all about me. Drunkenness, it's all about me forgetting my sorrows. Chambering, it's all about me. Wantonness, this is all about me. Strife and envy, this is about me getting my way. So that's why then we walk into chapter 14, and he says this, if you can conquer the fact that you're to love everybody, and it's not about you, and now it's about other people. So now the question comes in Romans chapter 14, how do I deal with the other guy? And so here in Romans chapter 14, in verse number 1, we talked about it, and I'm just going to review just a little bit. Look at it. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not the doubtful disputations. That weak in the faith does not mean they're inferior. It simply means they're trying to develop their faith. What it means is, is that now they are saved. Now they are like, I'm saved. Now I need to develop my faith. There are people that they are coming to grips. Right over here in the fellowship hall is is the recovery program. There's a gentleman that is in there tonight that that he got saved not too long ago. And he told me the other day, he said, hey, pastor. He said, I didn't realize that it was no works that got me to heaven. And when I realized that, it's just the simple faith in Christ. This is exciting. Then he said this but I don't know what to do with it. I I don't know, how, how do you do this? And so his fear is, how do I keep this faith in Christ, this I'm born again, I'm going to heaven, all my sins are gone? What do I do with this now? So what happens is, is all of a sudden, when a church gets new believers, and new believers start coming in, for those of us who have been saved for a long time, this becomes the problem. Because now we can look at somebody who is just starting this faith journey. And by the way, it all depends on what kind of baggage you bring when you get saved. You see, when I got saved, I was 12 years of age. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I, I've never been in a movie house. I've, I've, I've never been in a casino. I've never been in any of that. And I'm just choosing these things. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. But boy, the day I got saved, it went from grayscale to colorization. And that next Wednesday night, when my f- got saved on a Tuesday and a Wednesday night, my father was teaching out of the book of John. And it was like, I get it. And from that time, it was just like I'm, I got this insatiable desire. And so for me, that's like, okay. This is wonderful. But you take somebody who's lived a life and picked up baggage, Revelation 21.8, for the fearful and unbelieving and and all those things that I can't remember right now. All those things in Revelation. Don't look at me that way. You didn't know what they were either. Uh, In Revelation 21.8, guess what? At 12 years of age, I didn't live long enough to do those things for them to become baggage. But there are people who have lived long enough to do those kind of things, and just by the grace of God, it didn't ruin their brain so that they could accept Christ. So a church is meant to have people that walk in with this, man, I just got saved. Y'all been saved for a long time. And it is easy, this is not the lesson right now, but it is easy to look at that and go, yeah, who doesn't know that kind of stuff? And we can damage. So that's what Paul was saying. So now that you like, I I just want to love people. How do you do this? Well, first you have to, him that is weak. So weak faith does not mean they're inferior. It just means they're developing. And then when you, it says this, receive ye. If you look at verse number one, receive ye. Then it's the receiving of a maturing believer is we're to accept him. Listen, and we're to allow them to become part of our group. We are not to wait for them to come up to our status. And I find that very interesting. What right does one dirtball, dirtbag, have to call another dirtball, dirtbag, a dirtbag? Then y'all glad you came to church. All of us are filthy rotten sinners. We just dress better. We know the right code words. We know what to say and what not to say. Listen, this is where these new believers have this faith. And it's like, what do I, what do, I do with this faith? You know what we're to do? We are to bring them into our group and accept them into our group. And, and Sunday, I, I, I just, I, and, and I wish these people would give me permission. We had some visitors visiting with us on Sunday that they were just brand new. Brand new. And then when I called them Tuesday, yesterday, to check on them, I said, hey, Hey, tell me about da-da-da-da. And they said, yeah, 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 we're brand new. Just found Christ about six months ago. And I said, did you like church? And they said, no, we love church. But we love the chicken after church. And I was like, so I'm thinking to myself, did we serve chicken? And I missed it. (laughs) And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, no, this this family said, hey, you want to go get something to eat? Now, now, as a pastor, I was going, one of our families asked you to go get something to eat? I'm going to turn the tables. Are you ready? They ain't never asked me to go get something to eat. How's it feel now, huh? And uh, and they ain't never asked me. But you know what this new believer said? They acted like I was always there. You see, this is what happens. The reason that the average Baptist church says, we believe this and this and this, Everybody. Let me tell you, the reason we can't grow is not that people aren't getting saved. It's that we are not receiving them. And then look what it says here. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. What this is telling us is is that we can't force growth. We have to allow growth. We have to be able to let them come with us and say the wrong thing. And then let the Spirit of God let them go. Oh, oh, like, y'all don't talk that way. And it was like, Yeah, there are some words that don't honor the Lord. Oh. Okay. Okay, so what about this word? Blank. <laughs> no, that one doesn't honor the Lord either. So we you you we we don't even know. We we and the average person is like no 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 I just want to inter- interact with mature believers. That that's like giving birth to a baby and saying bring him back to them to me when they're 16. You're an idiot if you say bring him back when they're 16. <laughs> you know bring me bring bring him back when I don't have to change any more diapers. No no no. And so so God so Paul was telling the church said listen once you understand you're to give you're not to be internal, you're to give. Then when people do start coming in, you are to understand they're developing their faith. This is why they're weak. It doesn't mean they're inferior. And then you are to receive them, and then you are not to force growth. You are to allow this growth to happen, listen, at the rate of speed that the Holy Spirit wants it. But if we aren't interacting with new believers, then how do they know how to grow? It is by example. It It is why it is very important that a married couple that just gets saved hang out with another married couple that have been saved for a long time. A married couple who has just gotten saved and they fight like cats and dogs every day need to hang out with a married couple that only fight like cats and dogs once a month. This is true. Don't look at me like you never have a disagreement and debate. Let me tell you something. 90% of the home repairs come from these discussions that happen late at night. So this young couple is like, so y'all have the same problems too. Miss Kelly and I, she's not in here, but she's going to kill me for this one. We're trying to put hinges up on this stinking, this stinking thing. And I told her, look, I'm not a construction guy. I don't know much about hinges. But if you will take this exact hinge and go down to the, to the hardware store and just get the exact hinge. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what kind of screws you need. But just take it down. So she went down and she came back and said, Bob, I think this one will work. I said, look, I don't, just give me the stinking hinge." So I'm trying to put it in, and she was like, do do you need my help? Stop talking to me. I'm going to get this thing in. And the more she talked, the more I, then I stripped the screw. And, and, And then all of a sudden there was, I froze, she froze, and I said, do you think they hurt us? You know what the answer was? Yes. They were just coming by to give pastor a love gift. And I'm on the inside going, you just got the wrong one. What is wrong? And and, and, and it's like, do you think they heard us? (laughs) I think they did. And I had to go to the door and open the door. And the look on their face was just like, hi, pastor. We just wanted to give you this and I was like, thank you. We love you. Would you all like to come in? No. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. Let me tell you. But you can't look at somebody and say, if you really had gotten saved, that word would not come out of your mouth. That's doubtful disputations. Now, other what you're saying is, I'm doubting that your behavior, that you really are the real deal. How many don't raise your hand? But that baggage you picked up before you got saved, did it ever get unpacked and displayed after you got saved? You know, I lost my temper one time with a man. He lost his temper at the same time. And then he said, This, I got an excuse. I was a heathen before I got saved. What's yours? I was like, that's not even fair, man. Don't even judge me for God saving me at an early age. That's not fair. So understand that this is, that's what the first verse means. Let's move on, if you can, to the second verse. And now that we're going through, and um, so look what verse 2 says. So now it's like just receive them. They're developing their faith. You've got to let them hang out with you, but when they're hanging out with you, do not do this to them, that you're requiring a certain growth. No, no, no. God will help them grow, and you can't look at what's going on in their life. Look at verse 2. It's a very short verse and a very simple verse. For one believeth that he may eat, what please? All things. Another who is weak eateth, what? So, To better understand Romans 14.2, okay, he puts it in a table setting, all right? So now he puts it in the setting of a table. So here's the plate for the table, right there. He said, the only way I can get you to understand this is there are two kinds of believers that come to the table. One believer says... It's right there in your verse. I can eat all things. I can eat all things. And it doesn't matter. I can eat all the fat I want. I can I can I can eat this quarter pounder with cheese. The fries go right there. And I can eat everything. Now, there are some people that in their life, they, in their conscience. So so let's talk about your conscience right now. Let's talk about your liberty. The problem in the average church is this, that there are people who say, look, 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 let me tell you something. Let me tell you. You're saved. It doesn't matter what you eat. So Paul was coming and saying, look, if you're going to be this kind of church that you need to be, you need to understand that there are people trying to develop their faith, and some people have developed their faith to where their conscience is not bothered by anything that they eat. Because they realize, my faith is secure. I won't go to hell for anything that I partake in in this world. So he uses food. He said, but look at the verse. Look what it says. That he may eat all things. Another who is what, please? Weak. Somebody who's, i just gotten saved. You know what they say? They say, okay. So the only thing that we can have is herbs. So there, there are some people that come and say, okay. So, so this is my faith and I'm not quite sure that I know what to add to my faith. There are other people on this side that say, well, when you get like me, you can get way past the boring, and now you can really start living life. This is the problem. This is the heartache of God, and this is the heartache of the pastor. Because when the pastor says... Let's talk about everything you're eating. Then the new believer says, like there's really people who name the name of Christ that do that? Like I thought saved people weren't supposed to eat the calories. Uh, You have no idea that when I get up and I start saying, no Christian ought to drink. Then a new believer goes, Pastor, you got people in your church that are saved just like me, but they think that drinking alcohol, is everybody with me? This is the issue. And Paul was telling them here that, look, there are some people, you know what, I feel sorry for those ladies who sang up here because that McDonald's was sitting underneath of here, and I know they think they're going nuts. Man, I'm smelling McDonald's, and uh, so... The Gentiles in general who had been saved, listen to this, and had no Jewish rituals. So so understand, the Gentiles were getting saved and they had no, no connect with Jewish ceremonial laws. But the Jews that were getting saved all of a sudden realized it's not the meat it's not the goats it's not the calves that saved me it's none of that junk that's going on and by the way it's none of the pagan stuff going on so here you have people getting saved and they they truly it becomes to this conscience then that is where this is at and so when you and I understand that the first part of this is addressed in verse number 2 To those of us who believe and we are convinced in our conscience that our entertainment is not wrong, that our music is not wrong, that our dress is not wrong, and all of a sudden when a believer becomes convinced, I can do anything I want to, what's the big deal? Get over it, Pastor. When you in, in chapter 13 go, no, I want to love everybody. He said, okay, there are going to be people that are trying to develop their faith, and then in this church, you're going to say, there are those who their conscience said, you can, you can eat and drink anything. What is the big deal? Would you please look at Romans chapter 14, same chapter and verse number 4? And we'll get to this, but but so, so you have these two classes of people here, these two different, and so God says this, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? to his own master he standeth or falleth yea he shall be holden up for god is able to make him stand look at verse 5 one man esteemeth one day above another and another esteemeth every day alike let every man be what please fully persuaded in his own what mind everyone here that has been saved And you have been developing your faith and you have added toppings to your faith. And how you live your life with your standards and your belief system, how you live it, is a proof of what you think sanctification is. Safe people add toppings to their life that if we put on the screen right there, People would go, a Christian shouldn't be doing that. But there are Christians who have convinced themselves that adding that topping to my faith is not gonna hurt me. Doing that lifestyle is not gonna hurt me. We're gonna go on vacation, nobody's gonna see us, so we can dress anyway and do anything and go anywhere, because after all, and, and, and this, when you start adding this, all things to your faith, God was telling us at this point here, he said, look, one, it's not right to judge. You can't judge. This is somebody else. But you have to be persuaded in your mind. I have to be persuaded in my mind. And so all of a sudden, we find out that what we think is wholesome and what we think is good for us, our conscience to where there's no twinge to where we even think twice. We don't even think twice. I asked this man if I could use this by permission, and uh, two weeks ago, he said, hey, pastor, can I, can I meet you someplace? I said, sure. And for whatever reason, we weren't done with our conversation, and he said, hey, I really, really have to run an errand. And I said, uh, great, let me go with you. And so I hopped in his car, and he kicked that key on, and the beach voice came out of his radio. And uh, he says, is that too loud, Pastor? And he kind of turned it down. And The Beach Boys are running in the background. And so we continued our conversation. And he came back and dropped me off. And, and I got out. And he said, man, I apologize if that music was too loud when you got in. Because I know your ears are very sensitive. And I was like, man, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. 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 He has no idea. He has no idea. But what if he would have gotten pastor's car and the Beach Boys would have came out? He still would have had no idea, but he would think he's okay. You see, the problem with a Christian who's already like, that's just the way I am, you got to deal with it. And there is no moving of God in our lives then a new believer doesn't grow because they have no example. And that's why everybody here needs to take into account the things you are eating on your plate spiritually, the things you do. I want you to think about the movies you've watched. I want you to think about where you've gone. I want you to think about those things because here is what we're facing. And I talked about last night in graduation, We are facing a genre of believers who think, liberty, I can do anything I want. Would you listen to this statement? Liberty in Christ without biblical boundaries will lead to a flesh-led life. Liberty in Christ without biblical boundaries will lead to a flesh-led life. Yes, you have liberty to eat whatever you want to eat. But if what you eat is not guided by this word, then the new believers have no one to help them develop their faith. Would would you let me take you to a couple of verses? I'm taking you there anyways. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, would you go there? Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Just let me give you a couple of things. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any what? Virtue, and if there be any praise, what? Think on these what? So now all of a sudden, if I take my liberty to where I can eat everything, and now I'm sitting here going, Lord, should I be eating everything? Do you know what that book says? Yeah, Bob, you you probably shouldn't be eating that in your diet. Yeah, you you probably you probably don't you don't you don't, you don't need those. What is happening is is now I'm curtailing My all things, my what's on my plate, to what does God say needs to be on my plate? You see, we have so, we're no so the, the average Christian is such a non-Bible reader, and they are a non-listener to the Holy Spirit of God, and they tune God out to where they think to themselves, look, if this is my life, would you leave me alone, and don't you dare preach on anything that I'm doing, and God help if whatever the preacher says is what somebody saw you do in public, because then who told them, and why wow, dare you? Let me tell you something, it is the Holy Spirit of God that all of a sudden lets the preacher say something, that you sit there and go, did you tell him? Were you listening? Were you outside of our house peeking in our window? no, you put it on Facebook, I'm sorry and so you you understand that all of the sudden w- would you please go to 2 Timothy 2:19 And when you start reading verses like this, then guess what you do you go back to everything you are eating and now that's when you clean up what you eat. So God comes and he says this look, these people have to get along they're developing their faith and in this place where they're developing their faith, you're to receive them. Have you ever been at the table with a vegetarian when you are anti vegetables? Michael Grant is anti vegetables. I love vegetables. We went out to eat, and Brother Grant was like, Where do you want to go, Brother Grant? You want to go to Nukes? What is Nukes? It was a salad place. I said, Okay. Would you like to go get a steak? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where are we going to go get it? mean, he's a steak, and and I'm, and I'm sitting there going, okay, you're weird. Now, who doesn't like vegetables? Oh, like vegetables. him and Charles Maxwell do not like vegetables. So look what it says here in Second 2 Timothy two nineteen. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal: the Lord knoweth them that are His. Look at this, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from what iniquity. So we must understand that to the people who say, I can eat all things, then it's going to be hard to interact with people who think they can only eat herbs. And so what God is saying to us is saying, look, look, and we're going to get into the next verse. But here are the two opposing people. This is what we have in our church. We have those that are just like, okay, so I just got saved. So what does this mean? What do I, what do, I do with this? And then there are other people that say, oh, yeah, order anything off the menu, and you can handle it, or any, yeah. Well, well, well. Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't worry about. It. Look at me, I sing in the choir, and I smoke a little bit. Well, well, you, you know, I, I should. Oh, don't worry about it. I usher, but a little social drinking hadn't hurt anybody. And this is why churches can't grow. And this is why new believers don't stay. Because if you're going to eat all things, go eat all things and don't be a fake. He said, that's why when you name my name, you depart from iniquity. So you have to take all things. Go back to, go back to uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 2, if you will. So he came to the people. Now, we're going we're gonna to see how these two interact, but I just tonight I wanted to take verse number two and show you that there are people in the in, in, in Emmanuel Baptist Church right now that, that they, I believe they love the Lord, and I, and I believe that, that if you said, do you pray and read your Bible? Yes. But if you were to really ask and look at their lifestyle, they truly are living in abandonment. That, well, you know, I don't really care what that pastor says. You want to do whatever I want to do. One, I don't want to control your life. I got enough problems. You're the priest, you're the royal priesthood and Baptist. You take that acrostic, you know what that I? Individual soul liberty. Y'all can do whatever you want to do. But but you will come to grips with this. Maybe not everything I'm eating one is honoring the Lord. Two, it's not helping the new Christian. And so then he comes to, now he who is weak eateth herbs. So now where the, this person who eats all things, they have, they, they have no conscience about it. They have no, no connecting the dots that if I keep eating cheeseburger and drink Cokes and eat French fries, I'm not going to be healthy. I'll be happy but I'm not going to be healthy. And how dare you judge somebody's food. But then there's these people. Then he comes to those that are weak. I'm just trying to show you the difference between the two. Herbs represent salvation that that a person has, this new salvation when a person is saved. And then whatever things he adds, that he looks over and he goes, okay, okay, if, if I could just do it this way sorry miss Phillips and uh and it's like okay so so I can add okay here's the problem in the church it's like okay so so a, a little bit of okay so now i'm so now I'm okay right because you've been saved for a long time and I've just gotten saved and so you know Am I illustrating it okay? And this is why people can't grow. And this is why people don't want to get involved. Wow, well, I just, I don't agree with the preacher on what he says, so I just don't want to be a hypocrite. Let me, let me tell you something. It has nothing to do with what I say. It has everything to do that there are new believers that are looking at the, all the things that we do, and they're like, okay, so, so this is Okay. So these new believers, the question with the Jews, doubtless, was whether it was lawful to eat the meat that was offered in sacrifice to the idols. Where one says they can eat all things, the other says, no, 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 we only need to eat herbs. And and those sacrifices are a part only of the animal was offered, the part of this animal was offered, and the remainder was eaten by the worshipers. Or offered for sale in the marketplace. So here somebody is that came out of this, and all of a sudden they they see this, this meat, and they were like, okay, so half this meat's gonna be offered as a sacrifice, and then, hey, we got a deal on idol meat. And because there were believers that were mature and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, go buy that idol meat and put that idol meat on top of your faith. So they had a problem with that because they were like, well, wasn't this kind of the meat that was being eaten over there? Well, go to Exodus 34, 15. In Exodus 34, 15, and this is why Paul had to address this. In Exodus 34 and verse number 15, and I hope this is as interesting to you as it was convicting to me. In Exodus 34, verse 15, Look at what the law said. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. We are so ignorant of the Old Testament. At times, we do not understand that the Old Testament gives God's heart on how we are to interact with the land. But look what it says. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one calleth thee, and thou eat of the what? Sacrifice. But we have Christians who say, no, I can eat all things. I I can go. And I could start listing things right now. I'm just going to pick a couple. No, 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 I can go social drink. It's just a, it a little bit of drink. It's my house. What does it matter? Yeah, it's your house, but it's not your temple. And so all of a sudden, they're like, okay, listen to this statement. First Corinthians chapter 10, and would you turn there because I have five minutes. First Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to wait for you to get there. Because I'm going to end it this way. So that so the study tonight on the verse 2 was this. There were two people that we have to contend with in the church. There are those who says, I can eat all things. And then there's those who are developing their faith. And they're like, okay, so it's okay to put this meat that's offered to idols. And this is why the passion of the Christ with Mel Gibson in it was a blight on Christianity. Because you know how many churches showed that movie? And here was somebody that watched Mel Gibson be a whoremonger? And now they took the meat sacrificed to the devil with his actions on the big screen? And they brought the meat and, and they said, yeah, put it on your faith. And they're like, okay, but I just watched a movie. And now you're telling me as a believer, it's okay because he's playing Christ. That's offensive in the average Baptist church because it's like, stay out of it. Sorry, God got into it. Look what it is. Are you there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Listen to this. The, The 1 Corinthians chapter 10 discusses and settles it for the believers. It was lawful to partake of that meat as a man would of any other unless it was expressly pointed out to him as having been sacrificed to idols, and unless his partaking of it would be considered as a stamp of approval on their worship. This is where most believers do not understand that when you and I eat everything the world sends our way, We are eating meat that is offered to the sacrifices of devils. And when you as a believer and I as a pastor eat all things, then what we've done is we've just told the new believer that what concord hath Christ with Belial? Yeah. It's okay. Can we read 1 Corinthians 10, 20? But I say That the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partaker of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles that eat, ask no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say saying to you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it. And for conscience sake, For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For with my liberty judged of another. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. There are a lot of things you and I do in life that is a stamp of approval if we're not careful on the devil's way of living. So as we go through Romans chapter 14, know this, that there are two things going on in a church. There's this thing that says, I can eat all things. And just by your example, Somebody's going to add to their faith something that you partake of and you've just given the devil a thumbs up. And that's why God says several verses, let not your good be evil spoken of. He's very, very, he's very aware. I'm, I'm waiting on the young people to come in and I am done. Do you know that sometimes as a pastor, and, 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 I, and I want to say, first of all, thank you, Emmanuel, because I would not be ashamed to put any new believer with any one of our members. I, I, don't, I don't even think that way. Because I think everybody, you're not perfect, but you are very conscious of this fact. I don't want to hurt the new believer. Oh, I don't want to hurt the new believer. And when you and I walk close to the Lord and let the Lord say, now you need to take that off your table. You need to take that off your plate. But be wary of the Christian who says, nobody's going to tell me how to live. I'm safe. I got liberty. Well, if that liberty does not get a stamp of approval from God's Word, then a Christian should take it off their menu. They just should. Well, I've been eating that for years. Hey, let me tell you something. How's your spiritual health doing? And Just because you're happy doesn't mean you're healthy. You can be happy and healthy, but not eating that kind of stuff you can. So I really hope that you enjoyed the service here at Emmanuel. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. At the bottom of the screen is my cell phone number. If I can do anything for you, please give me a call. I trust that you'll be back with us for the next broadcast. God bless you, my friend. Have a great week.